Welcome to episode 56 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date and all the happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I'm joined by Jason Levinowski and producer Dan Humphrey. Scott Harrington is on assignment this week. Hopefully his toes okay. With On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people making the Ohio hockey community better. There is no better way to let the Ohio hockey community know about your program, product, or service than advertising on the Ohio Hockey Digest and the On Air podcast. Contact Scott Harrington at 216-548-2345 or scott at ohiohockeydigest.com to find out how we can help you get the word out. Well, boys, last week we had a chance to sit down with Aaron Portsline, senior writer of The Athletic, who covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. Aaron, he's been always very generous with us, uh, joining us for the second time and talking to us about some delicate uh, situations going down there in Columbus. Uh, Some trade rumors, uh, some guys wanting out, um, coaches being fired, uh, assistant coaches that are running the power play that's ranked 30th out of 31, being named the head coach, and the fans not happy about it. So we do appreciate his uh, time and his uh, knowledge and information. I thought Aaron was very transparent with this touchy situations. I mean, he, he has an in with the organization and some of the stuff he was telling us is, I mean, in, in my eyes, like, Ooh, okay. All right. Giving us the skinny, but yeah. it was, it was truthful. It was honest. I mean, he said, Brad Larson's a, a very big man. Uh, he wouldn't mess with them. Kind of like our guest uh, today's coach, uh, Rod, the bod Brindamore. Um, but no, every time Aaron comes on, you, you learn more about the inner workings of, of a hockey organization, and, and it's always a good time talking to him. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I look forward to maybe being able to talk to him after everything shakes down over the summertime because it is going to be a busy, busy summer. Oh, God, yeah. What are you doing there, Jay? What? What are you doing there? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just uh, getting the seltzer ready. There you go. Well, this week, uh, we sit down with another repeat uh, customer. In the last 49 episodes, a lot has changed with us. And while we have changed and grown, so has today's guest tremendously. We get the chance to talk to a member of the Carolina Hurricanes and nominee for the NHL's Rookie of the Year, Alex Nedeljkovic. He stops by for the second time. We look forward to talking to him. Uh, But before we get to Alex, uh, let's see what's going on with the boys. Danny, how you been, buddy? Uh, So we've we've been good. Um... Danny, first time uh, in studio in a few weeks. Yeah, first time in studio. So and, that- and he brings a live studio audience with him. I like where we're going with this. Yeah, so uh, I'm happy to be back. Um, again, I was talking to Coach Lev before this, and just some some more life advice when it comes to technology. <laughs> if you if you receive a piece of technology, whether you buy it new from a store or it's given to you by uh, school your children's attend. Um, if a button falls off that, say, computer Chromebook, particularly the, the letter C key, you just claim that it was refurbished. And then <laughs> if the tech department comes back and says, no, it was not refurbished, that was brand new, you just then say, I was given it like that. So they're saying that when their son or daughter received this piece of technology, that you, as the director of tech, Provided that student with an inaccurate, uh, an ina- not ac- inaccurate, but uh, inadequate, oh, inadequate yeah. piece of uh, machinery. That's, yes, 
only though if it wasn't refurbished. If it's refurbished, then it's just regular wear and tear. Oh, oh. oh. So. Okay. So you did tell us that you were trying to collect about 4,000? Yeah, so we were trying to collect about 4,000. Um, we we got in roughly three, about three. So there's 1,000 still out there circulating. Um, out of those 1,000 that are out there, 500 of them are kids who are keeping them for summer school or like extra learning enrichment. Okay. So those are accounted for. And then there's just, I think today my count was down to 425 that we just, we don't know. And, and then we get the, you know, the parent who says, we turned that in and foolproof system, you get a receipt when you turn in <laughs> that Chromebook. So we say, well, where's your receipt? And um, I didn't get one. They say, well, we were never given one. Well, okay. Oh, <laughs> but I did make a couple cocktails with some fresh uh, mint from the garden. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting ready to uh, uh, pull up the, uh, the garlic, by the way, but I'm going to talk about that in a minute after I talk to Jay. Jay, um, you told me this weekend that uh, T-ball started. Oh yeah. T-ball started. We were a whole new bag here, buddy. Last, last flag football's over. Flag football's over. Uh, I saw that guy. Uh, it's a, he's a grandfather that uh, he, but it, yeah. took a big sniff and said, I've played a little bit of the semi-pro ball in my day. And he was there on the sideline last game, you know, really giving it to the boys. And this is when you saw the kid get hit, like depleted. Oh, flat out. This poor kid. I mean, a heck of a cutback. I mean, you got to go in the dirty areas, right? So this kid goes in the dirty areas and just gets absolutely depleted. It was what it was. But now we're into T-ball. And for, I don't know, a lack of a better way to put it, uh, it's a social aspect for my daughter. Uh, she's four. My son is six. He get he gets the idea. But so I, I took a video of my daughter swinging the bat for the first time, and she hit the ball, and well, she stood there and admired her hit. What? How far? Wait, is, you know how, far how far is home to the actual pitchers? My sounds what, like a lot of hockey players we know. Hundred <laughs> percent. So how far is home plate to an actual pitcher's mound? I, I don't remember. Well, that. in little league? No, in like high school. Isn't it sixty-two feet? like 62, two or 62. I don't know, whatever it is. So she hits it. It doesn't even go halfway there. And she's just looking at it and looking at it. And her coach just yells run. And so she looks at her and goes, huh? And I'm like, that's my girl. Did, did she have fun? Oh, she had a blast. Did so, she pick the daisies? No, no. She had three friends in the infield with her. So they were jumping uh, throwing rocks at each other, little oh. pebbles, little pebble rocks, rocks. Um, beforehand, we got a chance to play catch. And she did the old stick my hand out as far as I can go and close my eyes. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, first time going, she'll be fine. It'll be good. They stuck her at first base. Oh, geez. Jeez. <laughs> now that knowing that no ball is ever going to get to her on a line shot. So, uh, the first time, the ball came near her It hit the ground and rolled. And she just watched it roll and stood there and looked at the person next to her and like, why aren't you going to get it? So when we were playing catch, I can't throw overhand to him. So I threw it underhand. Well, do as I do, not as I say. And they were underhanding the ball all over the field when they would get it. It was, fan it was, it's just a bundle of fun. So they would get a ground ball and just underhand, underhand, wherever, wherever, not to a, where they were supposed to go, just wherever. Underhand it, but I did learn, you know, and there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they've been through this down this road and 
they understand to bring the cooler and the chairs. Oh yeah. And the blanket. I thought I was at blossom. If you go out the left field, I thought I was at blossom. Maybe, uh, who's it? Who's who used to play at a blossom all the time? Uh, 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 Kenny Chesney. No, 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 no. Uh, oh God. The Joker, Steve Miller. Steve I thought Steve Joker. Miller was when Vince Neal was going to come out. And, you guys ready to rock and roll? You know, I thought we were going to blossom again, mud sliding and a Van Halen concert. Maybe, maybe not. Well, once you go to one event and, and you know, our special guest is probably can shake his head. But once you go to one youth event, you can figure out from the rest of it. Like, okay, I need my chair. I need my cooler. I need my sleeves, my Coca-Cola sleeves that go over the beverages. You, you mean the poopsie? Yeah, the poopsie. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Seven so. op. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I think we've all learned the hard way when we've gone to these things and not been fully prepared, you know, so. Oh, that was just practice. Right. Last week was just practice. Wait till the game. Holy, it's probably going to be tailgating. Sure. Anyway, what's good with you? Not that I'm preparing for my uh, 40 days and 40 nights down in Las Vegas. So uh, I leave Monday. So today's Tuesday. Uh, leave Monday. So I don't know. I, I was really excited about it. And now I'm getting a little nervous. What are you, what are you nervous about? Well, I don't know, man. Vegas is kind of a, a seedy place, man. And, and, and I don't know if I want to be there it's by myself. It's a seedy place. I don't know. Go to the party pit. Make friends. Yeah. Harris, party pit. It's a place to be. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> yes, we will. We'll find out. No, but I'm getting ready to pull my garlic, Danny. Um, there's these things on top of the garlic that come out. And a uh, good friend of the show, Eddie Coyne, uh, you know, hello, love. Hello. For our love. listeners that remember that. Hello, um, love. He, uh, he gave me advice. He cuts those things, <clears throat> blends them up, and then puts uh, olive oil in a ice tray with that. And every time you want to cook, then you just take one cube and you've got garlic olive oil. That's phenomenal. Isn't it phenomenal? That is phenomenal. Right. Tell, so he realistically, he could make, put a sticker on an ice cube tray and relabel it and probably sell that. Right. So he actually, uh, I, I started making that and then I'm going to dig up because you don't pull the garlic, you dig it. Did not know that either. So. And then what? Don't you have to hang it and let it dry out? Yeah. You got to let it dry out. That's going to be me after Vegas for 14 days <laughs> to hang me and dry hang me you out. And dry you out. <laughs> so has any uh, birds attacked the garden yet? Yeah, we got birds and, and we have uh, any deer. No, we're not going down this road. Uh, there's no deer. There, there's rabbits. I saw some rabbits in there the other day. There's no deer. Okay. You couldn't get over the fence. Is that what it was? I got, I got, no, I, you I got the sniffles. I do. I do. Have the <laughs> It's right in my ears, man. I know you got the sniffles. I do have the sniffles, but but the deer's not getting in there. Um, so, but yeah, I, I haven't uh, put the beans in the ground yet. And I, was, I know it's late, but I'll try to do it when I get back. But other than that, man, I mean, uh, my youngest one's getting excited. It's it's going to be uh, a good time down there. And and uh, hopefully she enjoys the opportunity to play at, at a level like this. Um, the realistic of, of one team winning a national championship is going to be tough. So... You know, how many, te- how many teams are, is it? I keep doing that to you. Sorry. I know it's okay. How many, how many teams total are in, in her age bracket? Uh, there's only 48 teams that qualified only, only. Wow. Now I say, I mean, that seems like a lot, which is, which it is. But when you go to these qualifying tournaments, there's, there's 175 to 200 courts oh. and there's four teams a court. So you're talking 800. So realistically, in her age gra- uh, bracket, at one of these tournaments could be 400 
teams. Wow. So they cut that down from the whole entire country to 48. Right. So. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I was uh, uh, going on the Google and all that, looking at cheap ways to e- eat in Vegas. Because when I looked at the menu at the MGM when I, where we're staying, uh, a breakfast sandwich was uh, 28 bucks. Aren't there some uh, establishments that offer buffets? Yeah, they, there are, but I don't know if they're allowed to be going right now. Okay. I have not seen... The establishments or the buffets? Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. The establishments are still rolling, yeah, for sure. But the buffets, everything I've looked up online, I haven't seen anything that says buffet. I don't know if they're getting, if they have not brought them back because of COVID. They, we just got a, uh, an email like two or three days ago saying that Las, or Nevada has just dropped the mask mandate. Oh, no kidding. So we were, we were prepared to have to wear masks the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. With, with things, well, it's tied 2-2 right now, but the chance, is there a chance that you may be possibly taking in a, a Vegas practice or a Vegas game if possible? If, if, if they're still in, which I hope they are, and, and we, that can just move us into the news with, uh, with that, but if they're still in and I'm down there, there's two things, one of two things I will be doing. Either one, I'll be getting myself into a game, or two, I'll be watching a game from one of those pools. I saw that. I saw that picture. How, how great was that? Ridiculous. Right. So I'm going to be doing that. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully I'll be in, but yeah, one or two. Um, What's the second? Second, rolling dice. Well, no, I'll be sitting in the pool oh, playing oh, blackjack, oh, watching oh, the game. Okay, yeah, my bad, my bad. Right, so seven come swing set. Woo! Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Delegati. <laughs> Kid needs new diapers. Here we go. <laughs> Baby needs new shoes. Um. So, but speaking of that, let's talk about what's in the news here. Uh, first of all, Scott. Oh, what is he doing? He's playing crazy mountain man right now. He's playing Oregon Trail or whatever God's name he's doing. God bless him. Um, Scott is, uh, he told us, I thought he's in New Han- or, uh, uh, New Mexico. Right. Hiking. Well, it's, it's a boy scout thing. Yeah. I mean, it's still so, hiking. Yeah, though, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, I don't want to say for a good cause, but it's something very near and dear to Scott's heart and his son. And they're doing it together with uh, other boy scouts and it's fantastic. And yeah, I can, I mean, Scott sat in here last week complaining about his toe. He was going to have to take the needle. He, he did take the needle. Oh, did he? Yeah. It, to, just to go on this hike. And the first picture, there he is, bent over, you know, getting in the shot. And all I'm thinking is, oh, you're going to hurt in another day. It's going to be so bad. But, you know, he's on assignment, as we say. Right. Kind of uh, like an injury report. You don't tell him what's really going on. So 2-2 uh, as we air on Tuesday uh, in the Vegas series. They played a night last night. We talk about Vegas putting uh, Montreal in a blender the first game. Yeah. That thing was the ninja last night. <laughs> they made they they made pina coladas out of the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders had no answer for any of it. No, it was it was just one of those nights where nothing was going right, and they even made the goaltending switch, and they just kept scoring. I, I saw a stat today that <laughs> was it. Uh, they, uh, Tampa has the top five point getters or goal scorers in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, that's kind of tough to defend. Yeah, it's it's rough. Well, how about how about uh, so they pull the goalie? Yep. And then the backup takes the puck to the throat, and he all, the one that got pulled almost had to go back in. <laughs> I thought they were going to make the switch, anyways. Right? Did they make a, a, a decision on um on the hit on um? I have not seen it. Anyone know? I have not it? seen it. I did not see whether. I mean, 
you know, there was frustration setting in and, and Matt Barzell is a young guy and he got a little upset and he, he threw hands, he threw the hands up the high and he, they showed the slow-mo where the stick does catch a guy in the jaw and it is what it is. It's playoff hockey. And however, it was the uh, two nights ago, Vegas game, Montreal, and there was a full on punch thrown right in front of the official. Now, on, and I don't know if this was doctored or whatever, but the replay looks like the referee saw it coming and turned the other way. <laughs> and, uh, and the caption read, if you ever wanted to know how to lose control of a game, watch. Is that why I kept seeing stuff online of the referees wearing their new uniforms of the Vegas helmets? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you see last night? You see uh, uh, Pat Maroon ended up in the Islanders bench. I did see that. Just stood there for, for a little well, bit. The caption that I saw was when, when the edibles hit, oh, you yeah. have no clue where you are. <laughs> and there's Maroon yeah, in the Islanders bench. I was like, uh, the internet wins. Always does. Yeah. 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 That was pretty heated. I mean, it got, you know, pretty hot. And it's it's playoff hockey. That's why it's the best. Right. Absolutely. It's time to get on air with our next guest from the Carolina Hurricanes, Alex Nadelkovic. Our next guest joins us and joined us in episode seven, where he spoke to us about his Calder Cup win with the Charlotte Checkers in the American Hockey League. Today, he's a nominee for the Calder Trophy, awarded to the National Hockey League's Rookie of the Year, with a record of 15-5-3 and and a 1.90 goals against average and a 0.92 save percent average. Our guest seemingly took control of his situation and helped lead the Hurricanes on an impressive playoff run. As a rookie, he started nine of the team's 11 playoff games. Please welcome back on air, Alex Adelkovic. Welcome, Alex, back. Thank you again for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Alex, last time you were on our program, you talked to us about becoming a pro, then leading the, uh, the checkers to the Calder Cup championship. Today, you sit here as an NHL Calder Trophy finalist. First of all, congratulations on that wonderful honor. How has this crazy year been for you? Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's been exciting. Like, there's really not much more to put it. Like, you know, we got to kind of back into some form of normal a little bit towards the end of the year there. You know, obviously things started out a little bit weird. And, you know, nobody was in the building. There were a lot of restrictions, a lot of different protocols in place. Um, but, you know, as the year got on, it got better. Obviously, you know, going through waivers was uh, was a new experience. And um, but, you know, like, like you said, got an opportunity, tried to run with it. And it was just fun to play some meaningful hockey again, honestly. Um, you know, practicing, you can only practice so much. But uh, it was just fun to get back in the net and, and play in a game. So what what was that like when, when you're at home and there's now a crowd? And it's loud and you guys get to do the storm surge again and, and all that. What is that feeling like after playing in front of seemingly no fans? Uh, it, it's awesome. You can't, you can't beat that experience. You can't beat that atmosphere and you, you definitely can't replicate it. Um, you know, a lot of the places they were putting up the, the fan cutouts and they had the, uh, the fan noise in the background, but until you actually got real people in the seats, you know, even for the first few games there, I think we only had maybe like three or 4,000, but just that few thousand people made a huge difference. And that's, you know, it, it's an entertaining business. Like that's what sports is, right. We're kind of entertainment for everybody. So, you know, with, a, with nobody there to actually watch and it really kind of takes a, takes a lot out of the game from like an emotional standpoint, just 
not having that crowd behind you or even going to a, to visiting buildings and having that that kind of like you know negative cheering coming at you right the booze and whatnot so it's definitely something that you can't replicate and, and definitely something that sports missed the the last year and a half two years right so at what point did the opportunity to become the goaltender for the hurricanes present itself and what maybe did coaches say to you at the start of your 15 five and three campaign um well going into the year you know just the way that camp had played out and things had played out right we we only had like a 10-day training camp and we weren't playing any exhibition games and anything like that so it was kind of tough going in like you really there, there really wasn't much of an opportunity to as in you know years past to really try to make the team out of camp right and maybe I'll perform some guys just because there was no there weren't any opportunities to do so and the team was kind of already set in stone so going into the year I knew that you know my role in the get-go was probably to be that third guy that taxi squad guy and just to try to be ready if something had to happen and um you know unfortunately Peter getting hurt you never want to see somebody get hurt um but you know, that's an opportunity that if you're in that kind of position, you have to take advantage of it. And, um, you know, I was just, I just tried to keep it as simple as possible and enjoy it. And just, like I said, have fun and play the game. And as and, you know, Peter came back and I just, you know, things kind of changed a little bit there. I think, I think I was playing well enough where it was, it was more of a difficult decision at that point to, to just say, all right, Ned, you're going to kind of go back and do what you were doing at the start of the year. So, um, that's really all I was trying to do was just play my game and make it a hard decision to, to kind of go in, in another direction without me. So being a young player in, in the NHL, uh, what did you learn about the difference between the regular season and the playoffs? And, and especially since the playoff atmosphere got a little bit normal towards the end of it. Well, there's nothing like playoff hockey and at, at any level, you know, it's, it's magnified that much more things are magnified that much more, but I think really it kind of like hit me and I kind of like realized like you're in the, these are the NHL playoffs and it's a completely different thing than, than any other situation. Um, especially once we got into that next round, that second round and, you know, we had a full barn um, and, and Tampa had a pretty full barn too. So it was, it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of emotion, a lot of adrenaline, and there was a lot of excitement in both buildings. But um, the biggest thing is you can't, you can't make mistakes. Um, and you, you know, every, everybody's got to make mistakes, but you gotta, you gotta limit them and and you know minimize like the damage that they do. Right? You can't be making these big mistakes, or you can't make the same mistake twice and it really shows in playoffs got there's there's not a lot of room on the ice there's not a not a lot of ice you know everybody every team has four lines at that point that can play in all three zones and and six defensemen that can play and a goalie that can make make the saves that you need them to make so goals are hard to come by and it's like i said comes down to who's going to make more mistakes and usually that the team that that doesn't is one that's going to come out on top if you, if you, you don't need to, I mean, if, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, but is there one veteran or one coach or somebody in the organization uh, that spoke to you before uh, those games to, to kind of um, obviously reassure your awesome play, but just to kind of put you in a good perspective as a rookie going into the playoffs. 
Um, I mean, not really. Like we just tried, uh, you know, talking with Paul and, and Roddy, Roddy said a few things to me as well, but the, the gist of it all was just like, just do you just play your game. I mean, that's the reason why I had so much success this last year. Um, that's, that's what's gotten me to that point. So there's no need to really change anything and to, you know, to try to do too much or to all of a sudden become a little bit more passive or, or cautious when, when going out and playing pucks or trying to make saves, you know, there's, you start trying to do one, one too many things or, or maybe not enough. And you, you're trying to be a little bit more cautious. Now you're overthinking things and you're not playing your game and, and now you're a step behind and you're making mistakes. So um, that was just the biggest, the biggest thing that everybody was kind of pushing was just play like another game. You know, our, is in my position as a goalie, things kind of really shouldn't change from preseason to the regular season to the playoffs. Like, you know, nothing really changes for you. Your assignment still stays the same thing. It's just to make saves and stop pucks. So if you try to do any more or you do any less, you know, you're kind of hindering yourself and you're not really giving yourself much of a chance to succeed. You know, in, in watching a lot of your, your games throughout the course of the year and, and, you know, you're, I'm listening to the to the uh, commentators say how much of a puck moving goaltender you are, and, and how that's helpful, and how the players love it. And and looking back on our, our last conversation, you spoke about that, and how at the time when we first spoke, it was new to a lot of the guys, and now it's old hat. And I thought it was really cool. One of your post game interviews, um, you were as stoic as ever. You were a hundred percent yourself, and just mellow out, and just like, hey. I did my job and the crowd goes bananas and they're just chanting Ned, Ned, Ned. And they kept playing at NHL tonight on TSN. It was just all over the place. Who comes up with the storm surge? And, and the crowd goes absolute ape for that. You guys, is, is there a, is there guys in a room that just say, all right, tonight we're doing this or how does it come about? Yeah, I, I, there's a few guys in the room. I think that that are coming up with ideas. Um, obviously this year was uh things were a little different. So, you know, we kind of took that time to, to kind of honor the, the frontline workers and, and people like that, that were kind of sacrificing themselves and their time to, to help everybody around the world and around, especially North Carolina and Raleigh. So um, it was a little different this year. Um, in previous years, I don't know if it was maybe one guy exactly that, that would that come up with it or whatnot. Um but dude, there's a lot of good guys in that room, a lot of guys with a lot of personality. So it really, it wouldn't be hard to come up with, uh, with some of those. <laughs> Did you have any stake in any of it? No, I had no say in any of it. I just, I usually, I usually didn't find out till uh, after the game and we're at center ice there. So. <laughs> gotcha. So back to you, you're an RFA uh, restricted free agent this year. Uh, can you explain to our listeners what being an RFA means and how that process uh, happens and works? Um, yeah, so I can give you like a really kind of dumbed down version of it, I guess. Like I don't. That'd be, I good. Still That'd be good for there's, me. That'd be real good for me. Thank you. <laughs> um, so basically, like there's two types of free agents. There's an RFA or a UFA. RFA, which is what I am, is a restricted free agent, and UFA is an unrestricted free agent. So basically the only difference is as a restricted free agent, the only team that's allowed to 
negotiate a contract with me and then I'm allowed to negotiate a contract with this, whatever team owns my, my rights, which being Carolina, usually, usually it's a team that drafted you. Um, if you're a UFA, if you're an unrestricted free agent, you have exclude or you, like nobody owns your rights. You can negotiate with anybody and whatnot. Um, so Right. Usually it's you guys, I think till you're 20, once you turn 27, I think you become unrestricted free agent and then you're able to go and, and um, kind of explore other teams and, and situations that you think maybe seem best for you. Some guys go obviously for, for money. Some guys go for maybe trying to win a championship. So it's just kind of all whatever you want in terms of that. But as an RFA, it's really kind of makes life a little bit easier. You just, focus on one team and you have conversations with one team and hopefully, you know, they, they go well and you do well in the, the time given to you and the opportunities that show up and, you know, you kind of make a career out of it that way. So where, where is, when, when do you become an RFA and has that process started or as you and, or your agent had any negotiations with management yet? Well, you start as an RFA. So right. Usually oh. more than not. So like when you get drafted, um, if you get drafted by a team and sign and you're signed by that team before a specific date, you are a restricted free agent. And now there's other things that play in there. Like you have to play so many games by, I think like your 25th birthday or something like that in order to, to stay in RFA for like another two years till you're 27. Um, there's different things like, there's different ways where you can become a UFA earlier. Like if you don't play enough games, if you're the team that drafted you and signed you first, if they don't extend you a qualifying offer one, like after your contract expires, then you become a UFA. Um, so there's different ways to, to, to become a UFA, obviously like the, not, I don't want to say the easiest one, but the most common one would probably be like you turn 27 and, you know, at that point you play out the rest of your contract and then you can go explore other teams if you'd like. Nice. So what, what is this off season going to be like for you? I mean, it's safe to assume you now cannot go many places without being recognized. And I know you told us you're back in Michigan. Are you planning on staying in Michigan for the summer or are you going to go back to Raleigh? I mean, what, what are your plans and, and what is on the horizon for you this off season? Yeah, I'm not really going to change much. It's going to, I'm going to stay in Michigan. Um, you know, I'm, I've already got gotten back into the gym a few times since I've gotten back since the season ended and it's just gonna kind of keep doing what's made me successful these last few years. And there's no reason to change anything. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So, um, you know, just hang out here in Michigan, hang out with my uh, fiance and just enjoy summer as best you can. Cause once next year comes around the season starts, there's, you know, we're back at the grind. There's not a lot of downtime. So um, just like I said, enjoy it, play some golf, go to the gym and, and eventually we'll get back on the ice. When, uh, when's the wedding? Uh, not for a few years. She's got to finish school first. She's just, she just starting up her master's. So nice. Yep. Nice. Did you really ask that question? Come on. We're trying to have a nice time here, man. Well, he smiled when I asked the question. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. At the end of the season or and or playoffs, uh, I would assume that there are exit meetings between players and coaching staffs and and, and such. It, 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 if there is in your case and, and if there was, could you give us an insight of what that process is like? 
Uh, yeah, so I, I'm sure every team does it um, in one way or another. It's, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You, you know, you, you, we took a day off there after we lost to just kind of, I think, let everybody chill out. Emotions kind of simmer down and, and you just kind of can like reset and maybe even kind of like rewind and and looking at as a whole and how things went. And then you go into, you know, the next day or two, you have your, your interviews with whoever it may be. Um, I sat down with Paul, our goalie coach, and um, we just kind of summarized the season as a whole, you know, and, and looked at like what expectations were like at the start of the year versus, you know, the last two and a half months in, in playoffs, you know, it's, um, I, you know, it was, two opposite ends of the spectrum there, you know, it's going into the year as number three and then ending the year playing in playoffs. So it's like a lot of things happened in between and it's just looking back at the positives, you know, trying to, trying to learn from the negatives and just prepare for next year. Um, and then meeting with Rod, Rod, like Roddy's and I, I like Roddy's head coach. I love him as a head coach and he's pretty straightforward. He's never gonna record anything. He's never gonna, He's never going to tell you something that that's not true. Um, Dinner's ready. Is dinner ready? Almost. <laughs> I was going to ask, was that, was that the microwave or was that the fire, de fire detector? Smoke detector. Uh, no, we got a defective fire detector. <laughs> so we got to get that fixed. But any, anyways, like, like I said, Roddy's just, you know, he's a straight shooter. He's going to give it to you straight. And, and um, but he's really going to, he kind of left the goalies alone. He said, um, He's, you know, he's not the this big goalie guru or anything like that. So really, when it came down to stopping pucks, it was just like, do your thing, whatever it takes. And um, his more his message was more just as a as a person and and things like that. Having me in the locker room, like work ethic and whatnot. Like he wants he wants guys that are good people, and they want good people down there in that organization. That and that's I think first and foremost before hockey at all. And I you can see it and what they've been building these last three, four years. It's they've been bringing in good people and not just like in the room, coaching staff, uh, medical staff, equipment staff, like front office, like whoever it is, it's always like they're good people and there's, there's good people around and, and it's just fun being at the rink. Well, Rod looks like he could go play. He could play in the NHL still, by the way. Absolutely. I, there, there's, there's days where I'm pretty sure like, if he could, he'd lace the skates up and he'd, he'd get out there. So, does he get very intense in practices? He looks like he could just at the drop of a hat just flip and like he's he's just gonna speed bag you. Um, not that intense. No, I mean it. I I think it's it's pretty simple, honestly. Like he, he's a guy that throughout his entire career, he was like the the definition of like great and perfect work ethic like he showed up every day and he was ready to work and you know he would do the right things and I think he expects that out of the rest of us and he, you know practices are practices right like this year we didn't have too many of them so when we went out it was you know to try to get better and that's always his message going out on the ice it's like if you can get better at one thing get better at one thing it's like if you're not getting better out here like if you just whatever you just had a bad day you better make sure you do something to make somebody else better. So that, that's always his goal. Even days where we weren't, we didn't skate and we just maybe went over some video from the night before. 
you know, there was always a purpose behind things. So we were doing, you know, like I said, if we weren't skating that day and we maybe did video, we were doing video an extra five to 10 minutes. And that was like our practice. And we were going over things and making, he was making sure that we were getting better. There was really no, you know, days off when it came to, to, to being at the rink or doing something. Nice. So back to you. You're a finalist for the Calder Trophy, awarded a NHL's Rookie of the Year. There's you, Jason Robertson of Dallas, Kirill Kaprizov of Minnesota. How did you find out you were a finalist, and what would it mean to you to take home this trophy? Uh, well, I think we were getting ready to uh, it morning skate, maybe. I think we were getting ready to go out for morning skate, um, one of those games against Tampa. Um, yeah, just one of the guys came in came into the room, just said, Ned, congrats. And, um, that was kind of it. We're just kind of spread a bit, uh, during, you know, after practice, we were just hanging around doing our stretches or whatever afterwards. And Roddy said a few things. Um, so yeah, it's obviously a great honor, um, to, to be nominated for a league award like that. Right. You know, it's, it's always special. You treasure it, but you don't play it. You don't play the game for individual awards and whatnot. So, um, at that time, the focus really was just to try to do whatever you could to help the guys move on and, and uh, keep winning. So you, you're back in Michigan, as you said, and, and said you played golf a few times. You get you just got yourself back in the gym. What's the summer uh, training look like for yourself uh, and maybe other uh, NHLers or AHLers that are in your area? Do you guys train together? Do you like how does so what does your training look like in the summer? Yeah, so I. um I work out with a few guys. Uh, I've worked out with the, pretty much the same group for the last like five, six years. And it's mostly been a few guys that are from around the area. Uh, a few guys from the wings um, usually pop in here or there. Um, but for the most part, we've had about the same six, seven guys. And it's, I don't know if I would call it anything like crazy, like, like just mind blowing, like different things, right? It's just pretty much straightforward like strength training there's some specific things for for goalies and for hockey uh, for hockey players that we do and that we that our trainer's been able to adjust and and adapt as the years have gone on um and then there's some days where like usually tuesdays and thursdays are more speed and agility days so there's obviously no no weight lifting but they're more kind of like conditioning days and and some band work and things like that so we're doing these like hockey specific things and for myself more goalie specific things in those days um mondays wednesdays and fridays are usually lift days and it's just you know there's really it's it's not like they're creating different exercises every summer it's mostly just trying to work the entire body from head to toe um you know just getting a good sweat and sure we get into camp and uh in good shape do you uh do you get on the ice much I'll stay off the ice until um, probably the end of July, end of July, beginning of August. I think the season's going to start like maybe a week or so later this year. So I might push that back a little bit, but I try to stay off the ice for the first half of the summer, just to kind of reset a little bit, um, let the body kind of heal and uh, just stay, try and be as fresh as you can for when the season starts. Cause we do a lot of skating. So, yeah, I think, I think that's uh, important for our listeners to hear. I mean, I know you, you know, this, and, and I mean, hockey is, has now become a 24 or I'm sorry, a 12 month, 
24 hour a day uh, sport for some of our youth. And, and, and just like you got a pro here uh, who just said he needs some time just to reset. And I think that's important for our listeners to hear and our young hockey players. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's different for everybody. Hey, you know, um, you know, some, I like, I know some guys that they're the same thing. They're go, 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 but they find different times throughout the summer to kind of take, like take some time for themselves and you have to find what's right for you. But I, absolutely. Like you said, nowadays it's, it's it, kids are, it's so sports, one sport and, you know, being so sports specific, specific and like when they're coming up and growing up and it's like, they should be playing different sports. You should be doing a lot of different things. And, and at some point you should get away from hockey. Just even if like you're still watching or you're still training for it, but like get off the ice for, for a month or for two weeks, you know, get away from the rink a little bit, like kind of enjoy, enjoy the summers, you know, enjoy your time away from it because you spend so much time inside and, and it's a grind. It's, it, it only gets harder and harder the, the, the higher up you get. So, right. Well, hey, as much. I have one more question. Yeah, go ahead. What's what? What is your course of choice to play in Michigan? My golf. Oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, I I just play kind of a bunch of local public courses around here. I've played a few more nicer ones back in uh, in Carolina, but um, uh, how you been hitting them? All right, so far. Actually, I well, we didn't get to play much this year because we were playing like every other day. Right. So, but I for for not swinging a club in like two and a half months i played pretty well the first time out so nice um so we'll see it's not me though it's the clubs i need your clubs <laughs> oh yeah i think yeah, we, we all do we all do we know a guy we can hook you up with that we all uh, do. we all do well hey ned thanks again for taking the time uh during your schedule here to come and, and visit with us and have our listeners learn about you and then this whole process that you're going through the whole year this past year which was just an amazing year for your team and for you individually congratulations again on the nomination of the calder trophy i know you're a humble guy and you said it's not about individual awards but we must congratulate you on that you did work and you are working hard for that so congratulations congratulations on a great season and we look forward to catching up with you maybe sometime next year yeah awesome thanks again thanks for chatting and you know anytime all right Ned. thanks take care yep there is no better way to let the Ohio hockey community know about your program, product, or service than advertising on the Ohio Hockey Digest and the On Air Podcast. Contact Scott Harrington at 216-548-2345 or scott at ohiohockeydigest.com to find out how we can help you get the word out. Well, it was great to catch up with Ned again, uh, Jay and and. You know, what an unbelievable year that guy's. I mean, you want to talk about just a whirlwind. Like he said, started off the season as the third string. And next thing you know, he's being named a Calder Cup, or I'm sorry, a Calder uh, trophy. trophy candidate. So what an unbelievable a year. We were, we're very uh, proud. Cleveland, Cleveland's very proud of him. But uh, what a great talk. The humility, it, it just stands out. And the work ethic and you know, to you put the work in good things can happen. And, and he's a testament to that. You know, he was the drafted by Carolina and he was the, the goaltender of the future. And, you know, he was in the minors for a good stint there and he wins a Calder trophy down there, Calder cup with Charlotte uh, ends up with Carolina and 
is the mainstay in the net for a playoff run. I mean, well, when you when you could have the crowd chant Ned, 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 Ned. yeah, you know, again, I know these guys do not do it for personal interest, right? right. But it, it's almost like you're, that's the reward for your your you know the, the your labor. You know, you put the work in, and now I know that's it's very it's humbling. It's very nice. It's and and not. But man, he, he's he's making the most of an opportunity. You know, like he said, it was unfortunate. Mirazik got hurt. And but when he did, hey, here's an opportunity and I got to make it hard. As as Alex said, I, I'm trying to make the decision difficult that they can't go on without me. And I think that's something that's totally uh, different than most athletes compared to pro athletes mm-hmm. is like pro athletes understand that I am next man up. And the person, you know, again, like you said, Marazic gets he gets hurt. He's not mad at Ned yeah. for doing well. Yeah, you know, they're just they're they're such next man up kind of guys. Well, you look at, at the goaltending position. Period. You know, I, I know we spoke about Vegas, and and they take they give Flurry a night off, and uh, Leonard's mm-hmm. in the net, and there goes Flurry giving him a hug. You know, well done. Right. And there's no doubt in my mind that James Reimer in Carolina was doing it to Alex when, when Peter was out and Peter's back, backing up Alex, Peter's down there, hell of a job. And then uh, Peter's in the net and Alex is the first one out to see him. Right. I mean, you're right. It, it isn't a personal thing. You don't want to see a teammate do poorly helps the team when that guy does well. And to be in that position, to be that humble, to hear your name chanted over NHL tonight and other outlets. And just, I mean, Hey, he's, he's a very, very humble, simple, person and it works for him and it's working great for him absolutely so well congratulations to him again and uh we want a uh, special thanks to him for and the carolina hurricanes for allowing him to come and talk to us uh this week well jay we'll be on summer break for the next two weeks oh we going to the beach uh, oh you're going to vegas yeah I'm going somewhere going to All party right. bed, bed. <laughs> wheel of fortune go ahead this guy's nuts man this guy's nuts <laughs> So that'll wrap up episode 56 of On Air. Like I said, we're going to be taking a summer break for the next two weeks. We look forward to getting back to it, bringing you names and faces of interesting people making hockey great. Continue to grow the game the best we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. Thank you, Randy.